Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hi, Latifah. Hello, Bala. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am excited to be here. Yes. Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. I am excited to have you on here to talk to us about how ignoring our money mindsets is not helping. This is a great topic. I can't wait. And I'm excited to have you introduce yourself to everyone. So please tell us who you are and what you do. Absolutely. I am Dr. Latifad. I'm a physician. I'm a GI doctor. I'm a mama of three little ladies that keep me alert. And I'm also <laughs> the founder of the Money Feed MD platform, which is a podcast, a school for physicians, and now a book where we talk about all things money and mindset in order for us to be able to create what I call the rich life that I believe every human deserves. I love that. So you are quite busy. You're a physician. You have three little babies and you're running a business. That is incredible. Well done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and you managed to write a book in there, right? <laughs> As <Yeah>. well. <laughs> yep. We do what we have to do. When you have a vision, you get it done. Yes. I'm going to have you tell us about your book a little later on. But since we're on the topic of money mindset, can you define to us what money mindset means? What is a money mindset for anyone listening who is not quite clear on that concept? Absolutely. So the way that I think about it is our mindset is what you could call the literally the building blocks of our lives, right? They are the things that we put together that become turned into habits and thoughts and impressions and mentality and like the window through which we look at life and the window through which we look at things affect our money, but even more than our money. Um, people say things like habits are the building blocks. But honestly, if you believe that, then I would say that your mindset is literally like the clay or the wood that hmm. you can now use to build the habits or the mentality that we have towards our finances and other parts of wealth building that is not only isolated or restricted to just dollars only. I love that. So you describe it as the clay. It's the clay that sticks all of those habits that we're trying to change or that we have developed together. It's that clay of how we think about things that allows us to pursue or maintain the habit that we have established or we want to establish. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And even if you think <laughs> about like the habits, right? You and I may talk about doing our finances all day. We may talk about like exercising all day, but we may not create habits about that. And the reason why is because of the underlying thoughts we have. Mm -hmm. And the conglomerate of those thoughts is now what we call our mindset. And that builds and glues everything else together that turns into the amazing stuff we create or not create in our life. 
kind of ties into you become what you think about or the thoughts that you process. And that leads me into my next question, which is talking through the common negative money mindsets people tend to have. And when I say negative, I'm referring to like things that we're telling ourselves about money that we shouldn't because it's not beneficial to us making progress with achieving our financial goals. So if you can just talk us through some of those things that we shouldn't be telling ourselves when it comes to mindset, things we shouldn't be thinking, mindsets that we want to adjust and how those things we shouldn't tell ourselves manifest in our real lives and how we can adjust accordingly. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the common things that I see people, especially as women say, is things like, I am bad with money. Mm -hmm. I am not good with money. I have maybe your work, a primary job, right? And you have a spouse or you have an advisor. Oh, I'm not good with that. They are like Mm -hmm. that sense of saying those things about ourselves and our ability to do our finances can affect us negatively. The other things that I see are things like investing is hard. Yes. I'm not able to invest. I don't have the down payment to be able to do this. And I'm talking specifically about things that helps with our financial wellness and increasing our net worth. So things like instead of believing the absolute, asking us questions that open up our mindsets more like, how can I get the down payment that I want to use for that? I don't have the time to do my finances. How can I find the time to be able to start where I can start from so that over Over time, I can be doing things with my finances, looking at my savings, looking at my investment, diversifying, building that side gig if that's what you want to do so that you can be able to grow your finances over time. Those are some of the most common things that I hear in from women. It's you're so spot on because this is stuff I hear every single day. Investing is hard. I'm not good with money. I'm bad with money. Investing is only for rich people. (laughs) I don't have time. And I feel like in order for those words to come out of our mouths, we've actually dwelled on that a little bit, right? Investing is hard. In our heads, we've thought through it. It Mm -hmm. And it has set, that in turn now sets the tone for how we verbalize our feeling about investing, about money being difficult, being bad, about me being bad with money. And because we've put that statement out there, when it comes to taking action, I almost feel like the statement immediately comes up. Okay, so somebody says, here's an opportunity to learn the basics of investing. Come to a class, for example, right? But because I've said investing is hard, I already, in my mind, say, I'm not going to go investing is hard. Exactly. That's my mindset manifesting. <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? And what happens is when you don't do the investment, then it stays hard. Yes, yes. And a lot of your audience are women. And when I think about the things that we as women do on a daily basis, we do hard things on a daily basis. Yes, that is so true. We do so many. I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so busy. I'm so overwhelmed. Life is hard. And I was listing out all the hard things I've been doing. So you are so right. If as women, we can do all these things, be homemakers, be career women, raise children, be caretakers, be givers, all these things. We are planners in our heads. We are chefs, we're drivers. Like you think about all the things I do as a mom and a business owner, a day-to-day business. I'm a cleaning lady. I'm a cook. I'm a teacher. I'm a driver. I'm a CEO. <laughs> right? I have events coming up. So I'm a stylist. I am. Oh my goodness. I'm so, I'm so many things. <laughs> 
So why would, you know, so then why would I tell myself this other thing is hard for me when I'm doing so many hard things? So you're so right. You are so right. I definitely agree with you. And the thing too is sometimes it's because we don't see examples or when we see examples, we find reasons why we're different from them. And for your listeners, they're seeing you as a woman as a mom, as a human that's doing those things that you can do, right? And so sometimes what we need to do is look at people that are doing those things and realize that actually sometimes count the number of heads people have. I'm like, okay, she has one head, not two. So if she can do it, I can do it as well. And use that as a way to build our own belief that maybe it's possible that we can do the things that we want to do as well. What do you think about when we look at someone and we say, we find excuses as to why it's easier for them. Do you think it's because it's about us facing our own discomfort? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I don't blame people. So I don't know about you guys, but I don't necessarily like being uncomfortable either. (laughs) Nobody does. I like cozy. I like cozy. I want to be in my pajamas all day. I want to be like living the soft life all day. That's what I want. (laughs) (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's okay for me to want that. And it's okay for me to leave that in parts of my life. But when I see the parts of my life that has been the most expensive, the most growth, the most country contribution, it's usually on the other side of discomfort. But because our brain likes the familiarity of what it's used to, it's going to find every reason to help you stay comfortable. So that means things like, I can't do that. She is smart. I'm not. She is whatever. She lives in a different zip code. And some of those things may be true, right? Because we know that disparities can affect how we do money. Our history can affect how we think about money. But regardless of what our past is, I truly believe that it's possible for us to now be able to say, and what do I need to do that may be uncomfortable to challenge my status quo, my beliefs, right? The stories that I've told myself about myself and now use that as a springboard to jump into this place of discomfort, understanding that behind that discomfort at the other side of that discomfort is everything that you've always wanted for your life. And maybe you've been too afraid to even verbalize. Yes, I love that. It's being able to know that, yes, it's going to be uncomfortable, but the result is going to be worth it. And I totally agree with you. Once you start to change your thinking and you look at things that way, it's easier to just dive into that discomfort. It's easier to just get it done because you know the result is going to be worth it and get you closer to the things that you desire for yourself financially. And one of the other questions I wanted to ask you was about how ignoring that mindset contributes to financial stress and anxiety. We know that ignoring our money mindset contributes to money, stress, and anxiety. But what are some of the reasons you think people just ignore adjusting the way they think about money? Do you think there is any societal pressure tied in? Why are we telling ourselves, I'm bad with money, money is hard, I can't do this, but then not taking action? Why are we ignoring this? What's causing it? No, this is a great question. It's actually how I started. I believe it was chapter one in my book, Down With Broke, The Woman Physician's Guide to More Money and Less Hustle. And the reason why I had to put it at the early stage is because many times it may actually not be our conscious fault. It's because one, I did not even know mindset was a thing. Mm -hmm. I just thought I didn't know anything about money until seven years ago. And I just thought I'm bad with money. Money is complicated. I don't have time for money. All the things that I just told you about, those were things that I was also embodying for myself. And the moment that I realized it was mindset was even a thing, I actually broke down and cried. (laughs) 
<laughs> because I was like, you made it to know that I'm stupid. It's because no one has been talking about this mindset stuff. And the thing is, if what we're used to, how our families, the people we surround ourselves, if we were not having conversations about money around the dinner table, if we were seeing that money was causing conflicts between our family, maybe your parents were always arguing at night when they thought you were sleeping. Like we know you were not sleeping. You were eavesdropping at every single conversation, right? So we may subconsciously have thoughts about money that actually makes us subconsciously want to avoid this Hmm. thing about money because we're like, I don't even want to get into that room because that room means fear, right? It's the same reason why a lot of us may avoid success, not because we sub not because we consciously don't want to be successful, but literally there's a string that we have in our life where we know and think if I'm successful, that's going to be complicated. How can I be a good mom when I'm successful? How can I CEO and be able to have time for my family and the relationships that matter to us? So a lot of this can be based on fear, but it's not fear of what we think. It's more like some cautious fear based on our stories throughout life, our own experience through life. Then now we're like, money is hard. I don't have time. When the truth is, maybe you're just afraid that maybe if you had money, you would not be a good person. Yep. Because somewhere back in your timeline, someone has told you people who have money are evil. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. That's deep. That is deep because that is, I need to think through what I want to say a little bit here. because It is so true that it's almost like a self-assessment we need to do when we get to the point where we're like, okay, it's time to take ourselves serious with money. And when I think about myself, so I use myself as an example, I like to do that on the podcast here. (laughs) And I think about getting serious with money coming out of college. My basis for adjusting my mindset and even recognizing where I needed to go was based on fear. Hmm. It was the fear of seeing my mom navigate through challenging situations without having any financial backing for herself. Mm. And the fear I internalized by seeing her friends coming to our home saying, my husband is beating me. I have nowhere to go. Can I spend the night here with suitcases? I have no money. And in my head, I formed an impression that if I don't have money, I don't have options. And even though I wouldn't say it's a good or bad way to think about money, but the positive for me in that regard is that I always need to have money. And the negative for me in that regard is that I always need to have money, which means once the money hits the account, for it to go below a certain, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, for it to go below a certain amount is super stressful and anxiety driven, even if I'm getting more money the very next day. So what you said about just digging deep into where we're coming from and just exploring, like, how was your childhood experience when it came to money? What were the things that were said to you? What were the things that you overheard family members discussing or between your parents, between your siblings, between aunties and uncles? Sometimes it's even statements or actions that strangers will make in a passing moment of time that you will remember and put in a compartment of your mind and keep referring back to when you start telling yourself, I'm bad with money. Women are not good with money. Sometimes we use a group concept as to why we who are part of that group cannot succeed. Oh, so good. So good. So 
that's homework. If you're listening to this, what Latifah just said is homework for you. Sit down. If you're struggling with your money mindset, you don't even know why you're telling yourself you're not good with money. Or maybe you are finding that you're not doing great with money, but you're trying to figure out why. Sit down and dig back into your history, right? And start to say, okay, this thought I'm having, this feeling I'm having, this impression I'm having about money, who, what, why, where is it coming from? What's led to it? I love it. I love it. And I'm glad you mentioned what you just did because it brings to recollection a chapter in the book as well, which is super powerful. So Mm -hmm. what you just described about the fear, it's funny, fear can drive us away from something or towards something else. And you can use your fear as fuel to achieve what you want. And it's helped you, (laughs) right? It's helped you so far. And then I always talk about the fact that now maybe it's about levels, right? where we're growing into different levels of ourselves. And the next level that I always tell people about is that relationship with ourselves. This work has been so transformative to my own life right now. And I know that before we started recording, I told you that I'm literally on a year-long sabbatical with my, mm-hmm. we're traveling to about 15 countries. Wow, Your audience <laughs> may not know, this is not typical for physicians. <laughs> It is not. It is not. It It is is not. not. I have many physician friends. I am married to a physician. You guys just love to work. Right. You love to work, work, work. It's so difficult for people I know who are in your space to take vacations, even when you've earned it, even when you have it piled up in the back. It's maybe it's part of your training. (laughs) It is part of our training, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is part of our training. But not to digress, keep going. So you're doing the 15 countries. That's for for you, mother of three, physician, businesswoman. That means you're taking time off. Yep. How are you doing this? How did, <laughs> you, get your, how did you get your head into this space where you're like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to take 15, take a trip to 15 countries in one year. <laughs> yep. And with my family. The thing is, honestly... And this is also important for your audience to know, I did not leave my work because I hated my work. I actually love what I do. I love what I do. It's a privilege to do what I do as a physician, to take care of my patients. Like Mm -hmm. my last month, I'm crying. My patients are crying. My staff are crying. So this was not like (laughs) leaving on a bad note where I'm running from something. But what I... The key concept is that relationship with ourselves matter, right? And our relationship with ourselves is our thoughts about ourselves, our thoughts about why we're here, and also understanding that life is short. As a physician in the pandemic, we saw so much crazy stuff happen around that it would be foolish for us to not be aware of the fact that life is short. So if I can have thoughts about myself, like regardless of how much I have in my bank account, I will be okay because I have an asset and my best asset is my brain that I can put to work using all the stuff that you share here on your platform, right? I can learn how to diversify. I can do the side gig stuff. I can learn how to invest. I can learn how to do real estate. I can learn how to create things using the same foundations that you teach so that I'm not putting all of my eggs in one basket. So when I choose to turn off this tap of clinical income, I know that it's not going to be a devastating mm-hmm. it's because I have taken care of my finances and I'm doing the work 
about minimizing my own fear by reminding myself that as long as I have this brilliant brain of mine, I will learn. I can make money anywhere. I would come freaking work. Watch your kid. So <laughs> I mm-hmm. might need to, right? So I can make money. Like I will do what I need to. But it's a, it relies on a greater and deeper trust for ourselves and a bigger understanding of purpose and life. And that we're here for so many reasons that may also change in seasons. I love that. I love what you said about knowing that you can turn off that as a position, that clinical income and turn on something else because you know that you are capable of earning income in multiple different ways if you use the talents and the skills that you have so that you are able to take this time off with your family and do this personal thing you want to do for yourself. And in you speaking that, I hear the confidence. I hear the resolve. You are committed to this in your head. You've thought this through. You you know that you can do this, which is why you are in the process of, you've already started this sabbatical, this time of the traveling that you're doing. But for someone who, because there are many people who are in that space where they believe their income or their current position financially cannot be changed. And it's difficult for them to get to that resolve that you have now of, I can turn this off and turn this on because I know how to do it. So how did you get to that strong, because you have a strong mindset about this, right? Because you're doing it now, you're taking the actions. How did you get to that point where you were able to build up that strong mindset around what you want to do financially and finding alternative ways to do it, if that makes sense? It does make a lot of sense. And what I will say is that it is okay for you to look at your current circumstance. And if you think that you cannot change it, I do question that, but that's okay if you think that. But Mm -hmm. then the question now is, this is just the current. If you don't believe you can change it today, do you believe that maybe it's possible that it's changeable in future, right? And what happens is a lot of times when we start to think, fear comes up. And what I love to do is I love to think like a child sometimes because kids don't necessarily know the concept of fear yet. And sometimes when we can tune in into that child brain or like that childlike thinking is if you told your kid right now that you wanted to create this amazing stuff, like what would your kids say? Like what crazy, ridiculous ideas would they come up with? Write all of that down and just give yourself the time to just like daydream. Like we daydream and think and focus on things that don't serve what we want we might as well start increasing the percentage of time we spend thinking about what can actually help create what we want. And honestly, I don't say this as someone that doesn't understand because it's easy for people to think that a physician has it made, right? Oh, how dare you understand? (laughs) I literally wrote a book that talks about the statistics that more physicians live paycheck to paycheck than people care to think. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is, and this goes back to, you think about physicians and we're digressing a little bit, but I'm just going to say this. <laughs> you think about physicians, you think about high income earners. And I've had a couple of physicians, multiple physicians on the podcast to talk about their finances, but people forget that, you know, when you start to earn more and you're coming from a space where you were earning very little for over a decade as you pursued your field, our lifestyle creep gets into play and then overcommitment gets into play and then obligations gets into play. Before you know it, you're making hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, but it's like you said, paycheck to paycheck. So wealthy people, high income earners, famous people, celebrities, people that you think just have lumps of money flowing at them, they're not immune to 
to not doing well with money. (laughs) They're not immune to money mistakes. They're not immune to negative mindsets around their finances that set them back. And they're not immune to living paycheck to paycheck. I agree with you a hundred percent. I'll let you continue. (laughs) No, it's a hundred percent true. And you could ask yourself if it's all about what you're earning only, how is it that there are librarians that we know that have been publicized that leave millions of dollars and pass Mm. on millions of dollars? And don't get me wrong. I want everybody to get, even within medicine, there's disparities. Like there are many people outside of medicine that make a lot more than many specialties in medicine, right? And so the key is I always tell people, I want us to think about that work we're doing and think about the income that we're earning from there as a seed that we can plant into trees, right? Mm -hmm. One of the biggest mistakes we can make in life is underestimate a seed. Hmm. That's literally one of the biggest mistakes. So if you if you love oranges, I love oranges. So I'll use that as an example. When you look at the seed, it's unimaginable that seed can produce something as juicy and succulent and delicious as a California orange. Mm-hmm. It just is, right? But the thing is, unless you plant that seed, you're never going to get an actual orange, number one. But the other thing that happens to the seed is, so the seed is like investing. So I don't care how much you have, just get started. The habits at the beginning are more important than what you're maybe seeing as the return on your investment at the beginning. If you're starting with $100, if you're starting with $500, I want you to do it and celebrate yourself. And celebrate the fact that you're someone that has the capacity to invest, to see what does not exist. Because in order to be successful, you have to play the long game, which means that you have to train your eyes to see what people cannot see. People may not see. They will underestimate the seed. They will underestimate the soil. They're going to say, how dare you think something like this tiny is going to be able to create something like that. But you know what? You've gotten the skill set. You've seen the data. You've seen examples of what's possible. You've put yourself in communities. You've talked with coaches like the people that, you know, you guys have available through Clever Girl. You've talked to those people and they've told you that, don't worry, this is normal. It's hard to start, but when people start, give it time. It's going to germinate. Let those infuse you so that you can borrow the belief of people that have gone before you. And that way you're not staying, you're not judging your future based on where you are only, but knowing that there is capacity because we've seen this many times. It's the story of every successful person, but you have to be willing to live in that place that most people don't see yet. And it's that faith, it's that hope of knowing that, okay, I've done the right thing. I'm becoming the right person. I'm starting by starting. And I know that with time, this is going to germinate into the fruit that I, and the plant that I wanted to grow. Mm -hmm. And just to round up what you said, because you talked about I started out by asking you how you got to that point where you have this resolve and have this strong, positive money mindset. And you talked about, as an example, one thing that can help people and that helped you was putting yourself into a child's mind to eliminate that idea of fear and thinking through what are all these incredible things you can accomplish in your life without fear being an object. And I love about, I love what you said about the seed example where, because when you think about it as, and it, it reminds me of sometimes the way my son thinks he's, he's young. He doesn't get concepts of how there, when you think about, let's talk about, since we're on the topic of plants, <laughs> you plant a seed for a certain plant and there's, it can only grow this big. There's some plants that grow small, medium, large, super size, but in his head, Every seed that's planted, even if it's a tomato, is super mega massive. (laughs) And when you said 
people underestimate the seed. You plant your seed. When you put yourself in that child's perspective, regardless of what the expectation for that seed is, right, out in the world, in your mind, when you set your intention, when you explore what you could possibly accomplish, that seed has no boundaries. It can grow as big and as large and as massive as anything you want it to be because you've eliminated the fear, you've removed the barriers around this, and you're thinking from a child's perspective. And I love that when it comes to adjusting your mindset, because even I do that. It's in a way daydreaming about, we all do, we all daydream about the most incredible things, about alternate realities for our lives. But you can actually make that a reality if you take the small steps to get there. And I also love that you said, if you think that you can't do something right now, it's okay, because that's you giving yourself grace. Sometimes we struggle with information and concept overload. Do this now. This is the year. Now, now. Then, you know, society is tying your age as a woman, your age as a person. (laughs) And we start to feel overwhelmed. And if you feel that way, it's okay. Give yourself the grace to absorb, to flow through it and understand, okay, where do I need to figure things out, right? And take your time to do it, but don't allow the overwhelm or the negative thoughts you're thinking about what you cannot do that you can do keep you stuck, if that makes sense. (laughs) Makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Makes a lot of sense. And we talked about the importance of community, right? Those you surround yourself with, you want to surround yourself with. It doesn't have to be people you know, but just using people as inspiration of what is possible. And that also helps you with building your belief and the fact that maybe it's possible and coaching through the resources that you guys have available as well. And talking to someone is also another way that was really helpful for me. And I think we need to be more open and using the resources that are available to us. That's yes, absolutely. Not just Clever Girl Finance Resources. You have an incredible book called Done With Broke. Yes, (laughs) we're done with broke. I need to tell us more because I know that you, one of the things you mentioned earlier was that you didn't know anything about money seven years ago. You're a physician. We talked about a few statistics briefly about physicians earning a lot of money, living paycheck to paycheck. And in your book, you talk about how you had to figure out your financial life and adjust your money mindset to get to where you are now that you can take a 15 country one year sabbatical. (laughs) So tell us more about the book and what led you to writing it and just what you want people to gain when they pick it up. Absolutely. The book was not an idea that I had a few years ago. In fact, talking about money is not what I thought I would ever do because again, I knew zero about it, but I had a big fear. And the big fear was compelling enough that I had to learn about money. And my fear was that I did not want to be burned out in medicine. I did not want to live a life where I was going to be apologizing to my kids repeatedly, saying that I didn't have a choice in the decisions of how I was living my life. And that fear was what got me to start learning my money. And at first I thought, I was the only person that was struggling. I thought everybody else knew about money. I thought that was a class that I missed. There was no class. <laughs> I did not miss any class. But once I started figuring this out and understanding more about mindset and also the numbers for myself in a way that was simple, I realized that there were many people around me that were also struggling with that lack of knowledge, lack of information, and lack of skill set because they were never taught. So that is how my platform with the podcast, the Money Feed MD podcast started. And that is how my coaching community for women physicians also started. And after doing the money coaching community, which I still have going on right now, I started seeing things that were 
coming up over and over again. And so the Mm -hmm. question for myself was, okay, I can only help women physicians inside of my program because I do think we need the space. We need that space to be able to talk about things that may be weird or that's unique to us. But how can I make this information or resource available to other people like me that didn't know what to do? Or maybe they have the numbers, but they don't feel like they thought the number was going to feel like because maybe now you have multiple six figures net worth and you're like, but I still don't feel the way I thought it was going to feel like. And so that is why I wrote the book for people that are either worried about money now because they objectively do not have, or they objectively have, but they still don't think that they're rich. They still don't think they can create wealth. And so the book takes you through all that journey of how we got here. And then it talks about a lot of things about the what I call timeless principles when it comes to money, things like looking at our spending. And some of the philosophies that I share in the book may be a little bit different from the norm. And the reason why it has to be different from the norm is because the norm didn't work for me and didn't work for a lot of people that I knew. So for example, things like spending is bad. People Mm -hmm, say things mm -hmm. like that. And I find people that are like, I can't stop spending. And now they're like banging their head against the wall, thinking they're horrible, thinking they're suck, thinking they can never do money. And what I say is, okay, hold on, wait a minute. You spending is actually not a problem. The question is, what are you spending on? And if you're here spending on assets all day, I'm going to be celebrating the heck out of you. So how can we take you from trying to fix yourself when you're not a problem to be fixed, to actually now learning how to redirect and train your mind about what is an asset. How can I think about assets? What is a liability? Um, How do I think about debt? How do I think about changing my mindset? How do I learn how to partner with people like financial advisors and accountants and understanding that our goal is not necessarily to be an expert about every single micro details about our finances, but for us to learn well enough, train ourselves enough so that we can be the CEOs of our finances. And so those are the things that I talk about in the book. And my joy is that I get to share that not only with women physicians, but I get to share that with women everywhere. And we're recording this. And actually, it was just released yesterday, the day before we recorded. And we made Amazon bestseller yesterday, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, I'm really excited about the work that this book is going to do. And the fact that people that like I need help can now get the help that they need in a way that is more accessible to all. I love that. This is an awesome book. Definitely pick it up. Done with Broke by Latifat Akintade. Um, thank you so much for sharing just these few concepts on money mindset, things that we can be thinking about, how to adjust ourselves. For me, again, I believe that money mindset is something that is an ongoing work in progress. The way I think about my finances, about what I can do, what I cannot do. And the key takeaway from everything you said for me, and I'm sure whoever is listening, you have many takeaways and you might need to come back and listen to this episode again. But for me, it's really digging back into your money story, your past and understanding where are those ideas you have about money, right? Positive or negative, where are they coming from? And are there ideas you need to change because they're not helping you or ideas you need to focus on because they've helped you so much. And I really love what you said about thinking, thinking about what you want to accomplish, areas you want to pivot like a child so that you you dispel and minimize that fear around taking action. And also so many gems. Oh my God. You also talked about... (laughs) 
thinking about the other side of the discomfort and what comes you you shared so many great things the other side of the, the other side of your discomfort and the positive aspect knowing that it is worth it to, to just do the difficult thing so you can achieve the goal that you want so many amazing things for someone who is struggling with their finances right now they're not happy with where they are with their finances they are where you were 7 years ago not knowing much about money, maybe earning a good income, maybe not, maybe just starting over from life. What advice would you give them? I will say that if you already know that about your finances, you actually have an awareness that a lot of people may not have, because at least now you know that this is where I am. And what I try to remind people is everywhere we are in life, in our money journey is literally just a data point on the graph. It's a data point. We don't judge. (laughs) We don't judge a curve by one spot on the data. We don't judge a book based on one sentence in the book. You have to let the story evolve and you are someone that has the power and the ability to do that. Is it going to feel hard sometimes? Yes, it will. But some of the best things in life happens at the other side of heart. Writing a book was hard. I almost quit five billion times, right? (laughs) But I'm like, oh my goodness, if I can do that, I'm literally, I'm collecting evidence for my future self for why we can do so many things. There's literally nothing we cannot do. And the reason why I believe that is because I'm creating evidence for myself. So for you, what I want to ask is what evidence you want to create for yourself for why you can do what you think you want to do. What evidence already exists in your life for areas where you thought it was impossible? Maybe you were the first in your family to go to college. Maybe there was a circumstance where you're, you were like in labor and you hurt heck and you still deliver that baby anyway. What are those examples that already exist in your life right now of you being an example of what is possible for yourself? And now the key is now bring that energy into your finances. And honestly, we, man, I'm amazed by us. We are incredible. Mm The things we do are incredible. We're so close to ourselves that we've forgotten. We don't realize how amazing we are. And what we do every day is like freaking ridiculously amazing. So if you can just take a step back for a second and look at yourself and just see who you are. And I don't even care what your story is. There's literally no woman that doesn't have an amazing story about herself. Yep. And let that story be the fuel that now pushes you forward to knowing I can do this. It may be hard, but I do hard things. And trust me, there's so many ridiculous people out there that don't even have as much smarts as you do that are doing everything that you want to do. And it's because they think they can. So borrow there, <laughs> borrow from their excitement a little bit. And you've got this. You can do it. Just start, learn and go. Action. Let's go. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. And like you said, we are incredible. Whether you are a mom, whether you're married, you're single, you have kids, you're choosing not to have kids, wherever you are in your life, you are incredible. Women, we are so incredible. We are so powerful. And we need to give ourselves our flowers and know that we can do what we put our minds to. Thank you so much for sharing. I forgot to ask you, oh my goodness, what is your clever girl superpower? (laughs) My clever girl superpower, honestly, I think it's being able to silence the noise and go. Because there is a lot of noise. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. And please tell listeners where they can find you, where they can come and connect with you. If you have a community, I know you also do money coaching. Tell us more. 
Absolutely. So my podcast is an easy, accessible way for people to hear from me, especially if you're already listening on a podcast platform right now. So you can check out The Money Fit MD. That's my podcast. I have a website, which is themoneyfitmd.com. I have a community that is only for women physicians, the membership community. And if you go on my website and click on the Work With Me tab, you can schedule a call with a member of our team to learn more about how you can be a part of our community. The book is easily accessible. You go on Amazon. It's called Dawn with Broke. You can literally buy it right now so that you can start reading on Kindle, reading the book, having mailed to you so you can start learning for yourself. That's what we do. That's what this is about. And so if you use one of those resources, I get really excited because I know there's one more woman physician here that's taking her place at the table. I love it. And we're going to include the links to your book and your podcast and your website as well in the show notes. Thank you so much, Latifa. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. And thank you for doing what you're doing. (laughs) You're such an example of the imperfection of keeping it real on your platform, of really telling and sharing with the world that, listen, it doesn't matter where you're from. You can do this. You can do money. So you make it easier for people to believe that they can. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.